0: The question for today, for me, for you, is, what can I give? What can I give today? We are learning about the foundation for spiritual life from Dallas Willard's book, Renovation of the Heart. And it really is death to self, the denial of the self. Dallas has talked about how Jesus is the greatest teacher that ever lived. Part of what he does is to put things in a way where you have to keep working on them, and they have to keep working on you. And you can't rush too quickly to a definition or an answer that lets you just cross it off the list. And it's that way with self-denial. I just feel like I am learning and having to think about it a lot. And today we talk about how giving is central to it because the main thing in self-denial is not the old life that I'm losing, it's the new life that I'm getting that you and I are invited into. And it is real. Page 68. Dallas writes, The new vision, the life that I am gaining as I let go of the old one, the new vision becomes an attachment and takes on ever greater reality as we progress. And that in turn pushes the old attachments towards the exits of our lives, the old things where I demanded my stuff, my way, my reputation, the satisfaction of my desires and my time frame, which we then are not sad to see go. Indeed, we're happy about it. We come to want to not want what we now want, and to want to not think of what now lives before our mind. We come to want to be made willing for what we are not now really willing. So, right now, it may be the case that I'm just uh, consumed by the desire for sexual gratification. I can't flip a switch and turn that off. But I'm able to say, I want to become a person who desires different things. Or the same thing when it comes to money. Or the approval of other people. So, Dallas goes on, the self-denial of Matthew sixteen twenty four and elsewhere in the Gospels, is always the surrender of a lesser dying self for a greater eternal one, the person God intended in creating you. Confidence in this is the occasion of greatly rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's from 1 Peter 1, 8. Jesus does not deny us personal fulfillment, but shows us the only true way to it. He doesn't deny us personal fulfillment. He shows us this is the only way to get there, is to die to that lesser self that would get in your way. The cross that we must take, Jesus says, if you don't take up your cross, and that sounds like such bad news to us, but it's not. That's what Dallas is saying. That's what Jesus would say. The cross we must take, is laid upon all obsessive and partial desires so that the broad reach of agape love can integrate for us a whole and eternal life with God and human beings. Jesus is not some harsh ascetic who practiced or imposed pain for its own sake. He did not choose death because it was good in itself, But for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame. So now that raises the question, what are the obsessive and partial desires that I need to put on the cross? That I need to give up in order to receive this new kind of life? And it's not at all the case that that means that those desires will be really, really difficult to give up. Over this last week, there have been many times when in my mind I have just wanted to ruminate and obsess over something that was written, over something that seemed to be unfair, and there were moments when it was really clear the right thing to do is to just let go of that, to leave that in this little room and then come and be outside and take a walk with my wife, Nancy, and enjoy the beauty of creation and talk about things that will bring love and joy and grace into life. Why would I not want to do that? Why would I not lay on the cross those obsessive desires of how can I get my way? How can I get other people to think differently about me? How can I I not have the right to ruminate in my anger or my bitterness? Why would I not want to put that on the cross? And it's that way with everything. We die to the lesser self so that a greater and more noble self may be born. This is the beauty and power and goodness of what sounds so awful and from the perspective of my fallen self is to die to myself. And then... Dallas goes on. This is page 69. It's the centrality of giving. Giving and forgiving are of course central to the divinely reconstructed life, to the divinely restructured life as we take on the character truly suited for the human soul. Now giving and forgiving are both related to each other. Giving, forgiving is actually an instance, a branch of giving. I mentioned to you a while ago uh, a pastor here in California in a very under-resourced area who came home to discover that his wife had killed all three of their beautiful little children and attempted suicide, which did not work. So she is still alive, and I just found out last week he met with her and said, I forgive you. for taking the lives of our three little children. I cannot imagine what that would be like, but of course the alternative would be to live a life of so much bitterness and hatred that a soul would be in anguish. Giving and forgiving are of course central to the divinely restructured life as we take on the character truly suited to the human soul. And then Dallas quotes Eric Fromm. Eric Fromm was a psychologist, uh, not a person of faith, uh, whose writings were quite popular back in the 70s. Fromm writes, The most widespread misunderstanding is that which assumes that giving is giving up, being deprived, sacrificing. People whose main orientation is a nonproductive one feel giving as an impoverishment, The virtue of giving to them lies in the very act of acceptance of sacrifice. How awful I got to give. And that, Dallas notes, fits with the purely negative understanding of self-denial. But Fromm goes on, for the productive character, giving has an entirely different meaning. Giving is the highest expression of potency. In, in the very act of giving, I experience my strength, my wealth, my power. The experience of heightened vitality fills me with joy. I experience myself as overflowing, spending, alive, hence as joyous. Giving is more joyful than receiving, not because it is a deprivation, but because in the act of giving lies the expression of my aliveness." And Dallas goes on to say, yes, 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 to all of that, but this understanding of the goodness of giving, and hence not making myself and what I acquire the point of reference, has to be supported. There has to be a realism to it. Otherwise, one is in danger of falling into the same kind of cheerful falseness that characterizes so much current talk of self-esteem. The necessary support for giving and forgiving is abundantly supplied by Jesus through the reality of the Kingdom of God that He brings into our lives. I don't give out of my strength. I don't give out of my abundance. I give out of God's strength. I give out of God's abundance. He watches over the sparrows. He takes care of and dresses the lilies of the field. And he does that for me and you every day. And it is out of the knowledge, the conviction, that there is a God who watches over me and cares for me that I'm able to say, how can I help you? What can I give you? So that's the question today. As we live in the joy of self-denial and death to self and are called to bring our best selves fully to that, be on the lookout. Where does God enable you to give today? I was at breakfast last week with a good friend who loves to golf. Guy came over to the table. My friend didn't even know this guy, but he recognized my friend. And my friend in that moment set up the opportunity for this guy who loves golf to play in one of the golf meccas uh, in the world. It is like apparently if you're a golfer, uh, it's like going to the Vatican if you're Catholic or something. This guy was just beside himself. His, his heart's palpitating. He's like in tears. And my friend is just you know, uh, don't bother to say thanks. If you don't at least make a couple hundred bucks off the guys that you're golfing with, I got no time for you. And my friend experienced so much joy in that act of giving. It is giving that looks like it is the denial of self. Instead of using this stuff to enrich myself, I will use it for somebody else that produces the great joy because we, because we live in a universe that is built on love. And to enter into love is when we give. I opened up an email this morning from Malia. Hey, Malia. And she was reflecting on those words in Scripture about Jesus and His sacrificial love, and that somehow, 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 by His stripes, through His wounds, we are healed. And that when we hurt, when we suffer, or when we give, we become part of that divine equation, that cosmic reality, that new math that doesn't make sense, except it does. So today, as you walk through it, think about the people in your life. Maybe family members, maybe friends, maybe somebody at work, maybe somebody in need, maybe somebody who has less. Where can you give today? Maybe it's a tangible gift, maybe it's words, maybe it's finances, maybe it's to somebody that you'll never know on the other side of the world. Give, guard your heart. See you soon. Thanks for listening. You can join the conversation and more by visiting become-new.me/slash-subscribe.